0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 30th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there at Casey Daniels 317 And of course, we're both on YouTube right now if you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Okay, so Hamilton Southeastern They came out yesterday and they said that adults must accompany kindergarten through eighth grade students at high school sporting events.
2: So if you are um, Hamilton Southeastern, that's Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern High School. Mm -hmm. Many, many years ago, 2006, I think it was, they split into two high schools. So obviously there is not a cavalcade of unruly kids at a high school track meet, right? So this is targeted Towards football, Mm -hmm. and then in the winter, I'm assuming it would also be basketball. Though there's markedly more people, thanks to the just intellectual mega giants who run the IHSA getting rid of class basketball, uh, who go to uh, or installing class basketball, getting rid of single class basketball uh, that go to football games versus versus basketball games. Casey, I am. This is one of a rare instance where Mm -hmm. I am totally open to being swayed either way on this because. On the surface, I would say, yes, this makes sense because if we're going to say it about the state fair and we praise the state fair when the state fair said, hey, look, if you're under the age of 18, after eight o'clock, you must be accompanied by an adult, mm-hmm. right? And we said because of the violence that had taken place yep. in, in the city of Indianapolis, at the fairgrounds, etc., makes sense. Well, if we're going to say that, one place are we hypocritical for not saying it at another now full disclosure for many years i broadcast hamilton southeastern and fisher's high school football in the years i was out doing that and it's been several years since i last did that i did not see a plethora of violence taking place or unruly behavior outside of the normal cheering and whatever during football games however obviously the world has changed a great deal over the past five-ish years. So that's one side of it. I understand the public safety side. However, I will say as someone who some of my fondest memories as a young person was I lived and still do to this day right next to the high school football stadium in the community in which I live. And it was nothing because I knew not to talk to strangers or get in vans with people who were offering candy Mm -hmm. to be able to go over to the game myself hang out with my friends, run around in the little area that they had kind of designated for junior high and elementary kids, and then go home in a timely manner. And I did not need adult supervision. So I'm, I'm torn Casey, right? Because my own personal experience was really good and I didn't need parental supervision. However, I was a great kid, Casey, let's face it as I'm a great adult. And so, you know, most kids don't live up to the high bar that I've set for children
1: Mm -hmm. i think you nailed it though when you said the times they are a changing it's a different era than when you were there yeah and i think okay yep this is obviously a step towards safety and security for the younger students who go to these games they have to be uh, accompanied by an adult supervision i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because you get these 7th and 8th graders who already think they're in high school or act like they're in high school and then they're around the high school students and they're picking up the habits of the high schoolers, it can be a bad influence uh, okay. situation. Okay, uh, all right,
2: so time. So ty- okay, I, and so I get that, all right? And, and And I'm not, again, I'm totally open to being swayed either way on this. Here is what it, in my mind, there's no guarantee that the parent is watching the kid. So if you are junior Joey's, dad and you're joey senior Mm -hmm. and joey senior and joey junior go to the football game there's no requirement that says any child at all times under the age of high school must be accompanied by an adult no it just says you have to get in the game with an adult Mm -hmm. well if joey senior wants to go up there and hang out with his drinking buddies at the top of the bleachers and little joey junior under the bleachers oh yeah it's still i don't know if they allow people under the bleachers anymore casey but we know where you were in high school um uh what what the hell's the difference it seems to me like maybe they're saying well this is a way to ensure we get more people to pay to get into the football game
1: okay well yeah there's that but it's definitely a deterrent right is it i would think so a child's going to be less apt to misbehave if they know mom and dad are in the stands
2: what difference does it make if they're in the stands versus if they just drive by and pick you up after the game what difference does it make
1: well, they're going to feel a lot... I, Mrs, Mrs. Mrs. Cleaver, what, what what difference does it make? I think it's a difference because if you're a parent and you're dropping the kid off, okay, see in a couple hours. Text us well, when you're ready to come. Well, that's
2: what are if you're,
1: if you're nah, dropping... No, not if they're at the game there. They know, they know mom and dad are in the stands or at least in the vicinity.
2: So you, your theory is that if my disengaged dad is hanging out at the top of the bleachers with his drinking buddies... And I'm running around that I'm going to stop in the middle of misbehaving and going, well, my I'm going to behave differently than if my disengaged dad was hanging out with his drinking buddies and picking me up at the gate after the game?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Kev. <laughs> Kev, <laughs> yeah, I Kev think, settle this. I feel like the stadiums, I mean, they're huge, so... I mean, yeah, you can run around wherever you want and your parents not going to know. Exactly. I mean, you are just going to be in the stands watching the game. I'm not
2: saying you're wrong and saying this should be the rule. I'm just saying to me, the, my first thought is, boy, what a money grab. Because now you've got junior must be accompanied by an adult. OK, well, instead of I don't know what it costs to get into a high school football game. Uh, Six dollars. I don't. I don't know, it's been years since I've paid to get into a high school football game. But now instead of $6, now it's 12 mm-hmm. uh, uh, And maybe that's not the point, the, the conspiracy or whatever. It just seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe we should be more focused on actually making sure parents are engaged in their kids' lives. You know why they misbehave?
1: Well, and- they, don't you think they'd be more engaged if they're there no, at the game with them? just simply, It's like
2: a, forcing a parent to accompany a kid to court. There's still a reason he went to court, which is a misbehaving misfit. It's, it's, there's a million. Look, maybe this is the best thing. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't think it's as clear cut and dry as, wow, now that Ted's dad is there, mm-hmm. Ted, Ted, before Ted gets in a fist fight in the corner, he's really going to think twice about that.
1: Well, I think it's, it's definitely um, a move in the right direction to eliminate some of the fights and the, you know, the bad behavior. Here, well, here's the oh, thing. What, are they just going to ban them from going completely? Uh, At least they're saying, hey, you know what? Sure. If you're to come, you got to have a parent, adult supervision with you.
2: Here is something I think we can agree on, Mrs. Cleaver. And yeah. in, in, <laughs> even in your black and white apple pie on the windowsill, American flag in every front yard existence that you <laughs> you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that uh bizarro utopia that you still think is existing with parenting out there. Uh, If the Hamilton Southeastern School Board had spent as much time on figuring out how to not have a referendum... And keep people's taxes above the constitutionally imposed tax cap, as they have telling people how to parent their kids. Uh, then we would have lower taxes in the Hamilton Southeastern <laughs> School District. So I think we can all agree on that. That it's a uh, that uh, it's too bad they've chosen to use their time on this instead of something productive for everybody's pocket. All
1: right. It is 13 minutes after 11. is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let me take this opportunity to remind you there are still some tickets available for WIBC night. It's coming up Wednesday, October 4th at the Indiana His. Historical Society, sponsored by Relay Indiana. If you want to go and see that maniac that I (laughs) sit in a box with three hours a day, go to WIBC.com and get your tickets because he will be on his best behavior on that night. And we wanted to talk about this email that we got about Jill Biden coming to Westfield High School. We got the email. We got the email. Somebody
2: somebody sent us to it from the YouTube chat, which, by Mm -hmm. the way, you can watch us each day on YouTube you just simply put in Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar, mm-hmm. and you will see us. And I forget the gentleman's name who sent this to us. Cody. But it, Cody, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cody. And this was confirmed to me by multiple... Other people, including someone whose wife actually works at Westfield High School, who said, yes, we did even she did not get the email until last night.
1: Okay, so the first lady is uh, there today and part of the email says we expect this visit to have minimal disruption to the school day there will be a secure section of the building that will have a security point where all participants will go through a heightened level of security. If your child has not already been notified, they will not be subject to any of these measures. So they have selected individuals yeah. to participate in this forum <laughs> with they, Jill Biden.
2: They sure did. You caught onto that right away, Casey. Mm-hmm. And that was brilliant. Um, because you're right they handpicked mm-hmm. what kids they want there in the audience because they don't want anybody starting fjb chants out there or anything else and you darn better bet they know who those kids parents are too mm-hmm. that are going to be allowed to be in wherever whatever room she's going to be in
1: so did those parents uh of the children that were pre-selected did they have to sign off on something
2: uh, no Saying, idea. It'd be yes, interesting to I'm, know. I'm
1: good with this. Uh, it
2: would be very interesting to know. Okay, so here's the opening paragraph, though. And again, what a what a absolute, if I were a Westfield high school student parent, I would be just livid that they hid this from you, because there's no way they just knew tomorrow, yesterday.
1: Well, no, they predetermined who's going to be right. the, in the
2: room. Okay, so tomorrow August 30th the first lady of the United States dr. Jill Biden who is not an actual doctor in the sense <laughs> of she's not practiced medicine or psychology nor have any like reason to be um, in any shape form or fashion teaching your kids about mental health um... And Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy will visit Westfield High School, and here's where it gets interesting, and this would scare the heck out of me, to highlight the great things our district is doing to support the mental health of our students. Mm -hmm. What in the world does that mean, and why is a school district doing anything for, quote, the mental health of the students? Mental health is not the government's job. Mental health is, for children is the job of the parents because your version of mental health and what is good mental health and what the way your kids should be behaving or seeing the world or seeing themselves mm-hmm. is not necessarily the way, and in many cases, if it involves public schools, it's certainly not the way a parent would be seeing their kid. And this is why you get... Now, next week, we're going to have somebody come on. Because remember last week, we had uh, our, our friend Kristen Furklick mm-hmm. about the Stop It app yep. and the reporting requirements and the or the reporting opportunities that kids now have. And we said, well, hey, this is sort of a Pandora's box. And we're going to have somebody on next week, two people on next week, who are going to say, hey, you're kind of missing the boat on this. Here's some things that are great, you know, about it. And, and we welcome that. But this is another point of conversation where it's like mental health is the job of the parent or the guardian of the kid. Because what may be fine to them, and they are what matters most, may not be fine to the school system, and it is not the school's job to be the judge, jury, and executioner of what is or is not good mental health. And this is how things start getting in kids' heads, Mm -hmm. and the fact that you've got this maniac... And her buddy, who was also a maniac, Vivek Murthy, in there praising whatever Westfield's doing, if you had a kid in Westfield High School, you better wake up.
1: Okay, so this is a, a nationwide thing that they're doing. It's a series of back-to-school events. And they said in the end of the email, we don't anticipate this visit causing broad disruptions to our operations. Except for <laughs> the students who have been predetermined who are going to go to this forum with Jill Biden. It is going to be a disruption to their day.
2: If you live in Westfield, think about this. And this and this is the most, this best way I can simplify this for you. Westfield is doing something that the Biden administration, and we all know what they are and what they stand for and what they believe on a host of these social issues. They think your kids should be reading porn in schools. They think your kids should be able to decide whether they want to chop off their penis or not we know what they are what they believe westfield is doing something that jill biden and joe biden and murthy and kamala and the rest of them think is so great that she is going to fly across the country to give a big round of applause for if that doesn't make your ears perk up and that doesn't make you pick up the phone today and call and go what the hell are you doing that jill biden thinks is so great I don't know. I'm not allowed in here. I wasn't one of the hand picked parents or kids to go. I'd like to know more, though.
1: You didn't get uh, pre selected to go through the security point. And another thing why such the late notice on this? Bingo. Less than 24 hours yep. for you to decide yep. whether you want your child to be involved. Do yep. I? Do I? Oh, nothing bad's going to happen. Oh, no, absolutely not.
2: Yep. You did not get much time Spot to decide.
1: On. 19 after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93
0: WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: That guy. It is 23 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the sale of Bolden's Dry Cleaners Building in Noblesville has become a point of contention between Hamilton County and Noblesville City officials. Okay, I
2: love this story so much, Casey, because it involves... uh Intergovernmental feud and we should settle this the way they used to settle it in the Wild West with the what do they call that? A three-step draw where you just Mm -hmm. you put your backs to each other, one, two, three, turn around, shoot, and whoever wins wins. I mean, I've just that's the way we used to settle things in this country, and now apparently that's gone the way of the the dinosaur for our intergovernmental disputes. But what this is, this is super interesting. So Noblesville, and I say this as someone who in early in my professional life spent a great deal of time in noblesville working there had sort of the core of noblesville is very scenic it's very old the buildings are old and they've really done now while they've done a lot of stupid things like oh i don't know paying 36 mil for a basketball arena for the mad ants to play in They've done a lot of nice work with the core of Noblesville. And those of you who've been to Noblesville know the courthouse is downtown for you know Hamilton County Courthouse, the jail is there. Oh, you know, it's a, all just a great old-timey downtown. And so there was this dry cleaner mm-hmm. that was had been in business like 65 years or something like that. Bolden's was the name of it. And They said, "Hey, we're going out of business for a variety of reasons." They own this kind of older brick building in the near the core of Noblesville, and the Hamilton County Council, a member of the Hamilton County uh, Commissioners, I think in fact, had said, "Hey, we'd really like to buy your building." because we think it would be good for a future annex to the courthouse etc the county finds a variety of potential uses for this building it's right where we want to go and so according to this Hamilton County commissioner Dylan Dillinger i think is yeah Dillinger mm-hmm. is his last name yep. he claims uh Steve Dillinger yeah he had a handshake agreement with the guy who owned the building and said hey we're going to buy this for $950,000 great he said okay let me sit on this I gotta go take this to the county commissioners and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Well, in the meantime, our old buddy Jensen, and look, we've had we've had uh, Jensen on this show. He's the mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen, mm-hmm. nice enough guy. He's totally insane and a total misuse of taxpayer money with that building for the mad ants, but other than that, pretty nice guy, uh, gets wind of this and goes, No, nah, screw that. We're revitalizing downtown Noblesville. Yep. Uh, We want that to go to a private developer because we want it to be a business that people want to come to. And in Jensen's defense, as long as it's on, if it goes to the county, it goes off the tax rolls because governments obviously don't pay taxes. If we can buy it and then sell it or help redevelop it to another developer, it goes on the tax roll. So screw you, swoops in while this Dillinger guy is screwing around or he's got his hand up his nose or who knows what wasting his time offers the guy according to the article a million bucks for the building and the guy says well money talks and bs
1: walks yeah and he
2: sells it to the mayor of Noblesville yeah
1: yeah and Dillinger he's saying that he was really frustrated and disappointed on how it became a multi-jurisdictional argument
2: I don't know look who wants it uh you know when we had Jensen on here and I think he's Insane for this thing he's doing with that that building for the Mad Ants at Arena, but I got to say on this one, I think I'm maybe Team Jensen because mm-hmm. first of all, the the creativity and the quick action to move to say well hey this guy's taking his sweet ass time and uh we don't want it to be that so i'm gonna snipe in there and get him i kind of like that yeah i gotta think i'm team jensen on this one
1: he was being proactive he just went in he yeah. saw his opportunity his one shot and he yeah. took it yeah. right
2: yeah. yeah just like you got your one shot to not miss your chance to blow right, right. right? exactly yeah. that's what yeah, I'm ex- saying exactly so i look i, I love a good <laughs> intergovernmental fight i know that's kind of the nerd in me coming out but i'm i'm uh i'm team jensen on this one and okay. I a I, uh, good Good job. Good job. Hey, if you snooze, you lose, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, you know who else is, uh, I, I guess, snoozing? No, just flat out out. I, I wanted to talk about this. The You remember how the uh, mayor from Miami yes. was running Suarez. for president? Suarez. He was running for president? He did you, was. Did you know that? I knew because I pay
2: attention, but if I don't pay attention, I would not have known because he didn't. He
1: didn't make the debate no, stage. No. no, he wasn't there. Uh, but guess what? He's out. Oh, he's out. Yeah. Like done. Yes. Like he called it quits. Yes. He announced that he's no longer running for president. Okay. Kev, Dropped out uh, of the presidential race.
2: Kev, you will, you are too young to remember this. Casey, you are a little more seasoned than me, so you you will remember this if you played Nintendo. or Did you have a Nintendo mm-hmm. when you were younger, like an original yeah. Nintendo? Yeah. There was a game called Paperboy. <laughs> Do you remember? Did you ever play Paperboy? I
1: remember that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like a big player of it. Okay, okay. so
2: so the game Paperboy. This was just one of the best games ever. Was you were a paperboy Mm -hmm. and your job was to get the paper in as many mailboxes as possible. You had to toss the either on the doorstep or in the mailboxes. And the premise of the game was there's all these things that come at you as you're paperboying. So it might be a car comes down the street you have to move or there's a guy with a hatchet who comes out of his house and starts chasing after you. There's a great one that they can never get away with today where the guy's got his pants down in the middle of the street (laughs) doing something. There's a guy with a jackhammer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's the total classic 1980s Nintendo game. And so you would have X amount of lives and if you got hit by one of these people, you'd air quote die and then you'd have to start over. And then at the end, if you didn't win the game, there was a newspaper, like it would say, you your three lives are up, you've lost. And there was a newspaper that would pop up of your career as a paperboy and it would say something to the, to the effect of, you know, Joe calls it a career or whatever. You know, just like this totally ridiculous thing like that the newspaper boy would be in the front at the top of the fold on the newspaper for retiring. Right. This is Suarez. Right. Suarez calls it a career. Calls it
1: a career. <laughs> he said running for president of the United States has been one of the greatest honors of my life. I You know, I can't read, I can't even share the whole thing with you because it's like he wrote the phone book, pretty much. His goodbye speech was longer than anything he ever said. Uh, But he said, this country has given so much to my family and me. The prospect of giving back at the highest level of public service is a motivator, um, if not a calling. And he pretty much, on and on and on and on and on. But he does say it was a privilege to come so close to appearing on stage with the other candidates. Swore So So close. Suarez
2: calls it a career Mm -hmm. after making it to level three in Paperboy. (laughs) All
1: right. We got to get to the news. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He just wants to be a part of his children's lives, all 96 of them. It is 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So here's a story for you. It's about a guy who had to pay a $100 fine. And to raise money to do that, he became a sperm donor (laughs) in 2010. He made the money to pay the fine and along the way has fathered 96 children. And now he wants to be a part of their lives.
2: A whole group of news organizations have now run with this story. Dylan Stone Miller, he's Mm -hmm. 32 years old, is the guy's name, and he has 96 kids Mm -hmm. that are on this earth because of his donation. Mm -hmm. Now, the Bible does say, be fruitful and multiply, (laughs) however- I'm not sure this was exactly the capacity in which they meant that. So, on one hand, you would say there's a lot of life out there that otherwise wouldn't have existed. However, what sort of life are these kids having? And there's two sides of this. There's a legal side of it, which is, hey, he's a consenting adult, and the woman who took his sperm is a consenting adult. And as long as consenting adults enter into contractual obligation, then... Hey, whatever. That's it's like anything else, right? Whether I agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. The two adults made adult choices, but for those kids, mm-hmm. what, especially ones where there are some instances where, hey, the dad is involved and the dad is just incapable of producing the yeah, sperm I necessary. I was say
1: it. They're not necessarily all fatherless, right? Children. E- exactly.
2: And so you know, there's a lot of uh, meandering twists and turns to this story, but I would say. From my own perspective, now having a child, I cannot imagine knowing someone is out there who you helped to bring life to and to not be involved on a daily basis in their existence on this earth.
1: A daily basis may be pretty hard for this guy with 96 kids. So he received a letter from the sperm bank informing them informing him that, you know, his his seed had been used. Oh,
2: so when you get you that I was going to ask how does he know? But you know because when your when your stuff is selected, you get some sort of thing mm-hmm. in your inbox.
1: Yep, he was told that his sperm was used to inseminate 96 women. Yeah. Uh he he said that he was shocked by the news, but he asked the sperm bank to get more information on these biological children, and the place gave him the information. I thought that was names a no- and addresses. Oh,
2: I thought that was a no-no. Man, I, of course, obviously know nothing about this, but I always thought that was like super. Once you've given the sperm, you're out. You're out. But uh, I mean, at least not this place, apparently.
1: Okay, so now he is in the process of contacting the mothers of all of these children, explaining the situation and how he wants to meet with them. So far, he has met 25 that's kind of, of an, the children.
2: That's kind of inappropriate, isn't it? Because clearly if the mother wanted you involved, she would say, yeah, I'd want to know who the sperm donor mm-hmm. is and I'd like to meet this person. And that's kind of, don't you understand the rules of the road when you participate in the,
1: <laughs> there in the thing? There are rules for this. So, and I'm sure it varies from donation center to donation bank whatever you're going to call it but the requirements of this place you had to be between 18 and 45 years old uh-huh. have to be in good physical and mental health yeah have no history of serious uh genetic diseases yeah. no history of sexually transmitted diseases yeah. uh can't do drugs or alcohol agree to anonymous donation yeah see there you go yeah um and then you have to go through some blood tests they do a uh, semen analysis yeah. they also do a physical examination of the fella, and then they do an interview to evaluate him. So there's a lot of An interview? All of this. Like, can he
2: aim properly? Or like what? A a
1: psychological interview to evaluate (laughs) his suitability. Now all of this, this guy goes through all of this. (laughs) To pay a one hundred dollar yeah. fine, I
2: I yeah, no, no, you're you're
1: blood. There's you, got to be an easier yes. way. Thank you.
2: Yes, you totally just took what I was going to say, and I'm glad you got to it first.
1: <laughs> if you
3: if
2: if you wanted to pay a hundred dollar fine, and everybody's been in that position. Oh my gosh, I've got to make money. Go to your local blood bank, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they will be more. You can make real money, especially if you're willing to give your plasma donating. Nah, this guy wanted mm-hmm. the kids to be out there, and he wanted to. I mean, look, dude, I think. Most amongst us could scrape together a hundred bucks if we absolutely had to in a fairly. Phone
1: a friend. You
2: could you could wash some dishes or you know you right. could you could do some part day laboring or mm-hmm. what I mean let's face it that's an excuse this guy clearly wanted in on the thing maybe the first one was for that but then afterwards he's like I get paid for this wow yeah.
1: uh, I'm gonna go in this room a little longer uh, okay let's talk about what's going on with Eminem and no we're not gonna talk about his lyrics uh, other than to say he has formally asked Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> <laughs> to stop using his music on the campaign trail.
2: Uh, yes. So uh, Eminem is a radical left maniac. He's. Uh, it's so. Kevin and I were talking yesterday. It is so sad what Eminem has become because uh, the first three Eminem albums. Uh, what was it? It was the Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP, and then. The third one, I forget the name of it, are phenomenally good. Um,
1: yeah, what, was it the one with the curtain?
2: Yes, cur- Curtain Call. Is that right? It's something like that. And it is, uh, those are all phenomenally good. 99 to 02, every white suburban kid mm-hmm. uh, totally had uh, Marshall Mathers blaring in their um, parent purchased vehicles in the Brownsburg High School parking lot. I, of course, was poor and walked to and from school. <laughs> Three miles both ways, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but The Eminem Show. The Eminem Show. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Uh, and then ever since then, when what was the last relevant thing Eminem did? Like, what was the? What would it be? Didn't I'm he not do, even. Being, he,
1: I'm, didn't he do a duet with Rihanna?
2: So that was 2014 when they did that the Monsters yeah. tour or whatever. It's okay. So that was he did a uh, Donald Trump diss rap. Like I said, when was the last relevant <laughs> thing <laughs> Marshall Mathers did? Uh, I, Whatever, Eminem is kind of a weird guy. Was he just mad that he did the rap at the Iowa State Fair? Is, is Vivek Ramaswamy using like Dear Stan well, as he, walk up music? I, I think he
1: disagrees or, with him politically. Well, I know clearly, that. But, he, yeah. Yeah, we
2: know that, Kev, <laughs> but we're saying, like, what? Is he using Dear Stan or...
1: Is it walk-on music that he's Slim, using? Yeah,
2: Slim Shady or...
1: Well, when Vivek was an undergrad student at Harvard, he had a side hustle where he would go rap and yeah. he would go under the name devek Oh, yeah. And now, since the Iowa State Fair, it's coming out there more. Yeah. And Eminem saying, stop it, dude.
2: Two trailer park girls go around the outside. Mm-hmm, around the outside, round the do. outside, yeah. Hey,
1: uh, Abdul joins us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
0: raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you
1: we
2: had it all, just like 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey, Sarah Casey, I can't think of a better way to end our program today with one of the great members of the state of Indiana, one of the great Hoosiers. He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a He's a provocateur. The one and only abdul Kim Shabazz. How are you, my friend?
3: I could have much better way to send your show like, like now.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's feeling sassy today, I think.
2: Uh, okay, so let's start with you have a new piece out at IndiePolitics.org, which I thought was
3: interesting. Um, oh, my brother can you spell a few, brother can you spare a few billion dollars. Yes,
2: and it was about Suzanne Crouch's plan to supposedly axe the tax or get rid of the income tax. And you basically, in your Abdul way, because I've known you for, what have I known you for, a better part? of 11, 12 years, whatever it's been, very well, uh, you're basically saying she's full of crap.
3: Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if, you, if you're going to get rid of the income tax, then there are lots of things you got to take into account. Like, number one, the income tax basically generates 8 to $12 billion a year for Indiana's uh, $43 billion a year, for 40, $43 billion biennial budget. Yeah, right. Number two, half of the budget is education, another 20% is Medicaid funding. And the income tax is in funded about half of that. Yeah. So if you're going to get rid of the income tax, fine. But how are you going to replace the revenue, mm-hmm. you know, for schools and for for Medicaid? And I thought, and I, I love Suzanne death. I thought she might have been a bit premature, saying I want to axe a tax. And was that axe with an E or axe with an X? I'm not quite sure <laughs> yet which one it is. But if you're going to get rid of the income tax, okay, fine. But what are you going to replace it with? That's why I would have said. That's what I'd probably been like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in getting rid of the income tax. Let's take a look at it and see how can we actually do this, like with white papers and you know policy positions and, and do real research on you
1: it. You think she was too emphatic too quick?
3: I think she I think she moved a little bit to, I think she jumped the gun. Yeah.
2: And she did that. I mean, let's be honest, right? She has had a bad couple of weeks. Chambers is in, he's gonna pull votes from her. She knows that Holcomb and Hopfer are behind him. That's gonna hurt her financially. You got Curtis coming out and getting a, a lot of good publicity for especially amongst conservatives about the, hey, no mask mandates for or vaccine mandates, she probably felt like I got to do something to get people to go, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. The problem is nobody believes that when you spend seven years not being a a tax cutter or a government cutter, nobody believes, oh my gosh, look at Suzanne, look at how conservative she's going to be. People just don't, they don't buy it.
3: Well, I I think a lot of this stuff right now, whether it's Curtis or Suzanne or Chambers or Doden or Mike Braun, I think a lot of this right now is I'm gonna I don't believe I'm about to use a sports analogy here because anybody should not be using the sports analogy to describe anything. It should be me. <laughs> is a, a lot of it is preseason football. At the end of the day, does any of this really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. Now you can see where where we need we need to put, you know strengthen your positions. I can't need a uh, better person for here or maybe you need to you know do this play or whatever but the real game doesn't start until after november after the mayoral race.
1: Well, you know what they say about preseason. Score doesn't matter but the injuries do. Do you think she's injuring herself?
3: I don't I don't think she's injuring herself, but I do, th- I do think by by doing the axe attacks and without sort of the without sort of the white paper sort of back up the position, I think she I don't think she's helping. Let's put it that way.
2: Cuz if you're uh if you're brawn, if you're curtis and curtis already hit her on it uh but uh, i mean it's just a made for thing like okay lady how are you going to do this she doesn't have an answer because we all know she's not cutting eight billion dollars now if it were me don't threaten me with a good time eight let's do nine just for fun just amongst (laughs) us gals let's
1: do
3: 10 but nobody that's because you're crazy
2: well (laughs) but here's here so here's the i guess here's my point on all this if she were to cut $8 billion from the state budget, she would basically be at 2017 levels. I do chuckle when people act like, oh my gosh, these draconian cuts, you're sending us back to the 1960s. All she's actually talking about doing, if she were sincere, which she's not, is going back to 2017 levels of funding the government. I don't actually think that's that that uh, unreasonable. However, she's not serious about doing that.
3: Yeah, see, and, and here's the thing, too, to keep in mind. When we talk about getting rid of the income tax... Are we just talking about the state income tax? Are we talking about the individual income tax. How about corporate income taxes? Or are we talk about local income taxes, the local option income tax, the county mm. option income tax? Where, where is all that going to fall in into the grand into the grand scheme of things?
2: Uh, Abdul is with us. One of the things, Casey and I've had this conversation about the last couple of days is, and I, I'm almost certain you will back me up on this: to be good at government is hard because you've got to read and you've got to understand, and you've got to read and understand things that most people don't read and understand. Is that
3: a fair assessment? It is the broccoli and Brussels sprouts.
2: Okay, so an an example of this, and you know how I hate to toot my own horn, but I'm going to do this here. When I ran for public (laughs) office, I said, I am going to cut taxes like they're going out of style. And everybody said, how are you going to do it? And I said, you watch. And year number one, we issued what was at the time, and I believe still is, the largest municipal property tax rate decrease in the history state of Indiana. I needed one ball to bounce my way. It did. We did it. But that's because I spent hours and, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours learning and understanding this stuff, whether it's Suzanne or Curtis or Braun or Doden or uh, 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 Chamber. I don't like get the feeling that you have intellectual mega giants here who are super interested in reading and understanding the processes that have to unfold for the policy proposals, they want to happen.
3: I also want to say the town of Brownsburg, too, you guys had uh, increases in your assessed value, which which enabled you to lower your property tax rate. Thanks to me! <laughs> Thanks
2: to me! So, so,
3: so, so, now, the rest of the story. Yeah, but, but, but the point is,
2: nobody else did that. Nobody else ran on that. Nobody else was the fiscal discipline on the spending side to make it happen. The point in all this, though, is... Do you know these people better than I do. Do you get the feeling that there's anybody out there that's like, yeah, I'm really gonna dig into these issues like a like a Mitch Daniels would have? I, I think they will eventually,
3: but but right now, like I said, the most of the focus is on the municipal elections for the next couple months is some change. Number two, you, this is the time we should be developing your positions. You know, getting your white papers together. You know, putting together your bullet points. You know, on taxes, on infrastructure, on roads. So when you, you do, so we do the big thing after after November, you're ready to go. Uh, Abdul
2: is our guest. Uh, We're talking a little bit about the lay of the land for the governor's primary. Uh, Look, Curtis, you can say what you want about him. And he's got a lot of baggage he's going to have to account for, good, bad, or indifferent. And we'll see what the answers to those things are. And I think that's part of what will decide whether he's going to be governor or not. But when you look at his events, he's either got the best stager of all the candidates or there's a lot of people who care what Curtis Hill has to say and the rooms seem packed. And I don't think people should sleep on Curtis Hill, what say
3: you? Uh, you should never sleep on your opponents, period. Or sleep with your opponents, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should, you should, sorry about that. You, 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 you always take every opponent seriously. Even if they are bat crap, kind of crazy, you still take them seriously. You always run like you're behind. Yeah. With that said, Curtis appeals to that ideological base of the Republican Party, which I get. The question is, are there enough of them... To get mad, to get upset, and to show up and say mad, and show up in, and show up in, uh, and show up in May. Right now, I don't think so. Because there's
2: nothing Curtis has done where you say, "Wow, this is super impressive." He's been consistent on social issues. He's great on the masking, the vaccines. If you're conservative, he, I genuinely think he would clean up some issues with public education. If you're conservative, you like that. But there's no policy proposal right now. And I begged him and all the candidates, but especially him. Get a policy proposal like a firm thing. Don't just say something like, Suzanne, get a firm policy proposal on property taxes, on the gas tax, because I think that that is something people would go, oh, my gosh, he's for this, and it would appeal to a new block of people. it it
3: Folks may not necessarily agree with him, but let's say, hey, at least he's got an idea, at least he's got yeah. a proposal. We can, have the, we can have the discussion. We can have the debate.
2: Yeah. What's uh, What's coming up on the very famous, very fabulous, award-winning Abdul-at-Large this weekend? I have absolutely no idea. Oh, I'm oh, going right. okay, well to <laughs> figure that out probably sometime tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he is the best in the business. Find him at IndiePolitics.org. Get yourself a cheat sheet subscription while you're there. Get all the juicy rumor, gossip, and innuendo mm-hmm. ahead of everybody else. The one and only abdul Kim Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you.
1: And thank you for listening today that's going to do it for us thank you rob thank you kevin and we'll catch you back here tomorrow it is kendall and casey on
0: 93 wibc raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time